Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. But, oh boy, this week it looks like we're going to be talking some shit about uh, Tuchel's Chelsea for the first time. So, um, before uh, we go ahead and get into it, I got to introduce my uh, two lovely co-hosts. Um, Sam, how you doing today, Me man? Me first, yes, yeah. yes. And I felt I you, really, I, I felt like you know a little jealous that you picked Andreas first last time, you know, and it's it's just it just doesn't feel right. I know, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, Andreas, but you know I was here first, so it's only right well, I go first. Andres I feel ma- like I've, I earned it. Andres made us wait ten minutes too, so I thought I'd introduce him <laughs> oh, first. Oh, Zach! Oh, Zach, with the five minute heads you. up, with the five. Hey, I'll be there in five minutes. Go, Ever, just be ready on my command whenever. I, whenever you I guys get before, home. I texted you guys like a good hour and a half ago, so I was like, mm. all right. The, the man that says, "Hey, where are you guys? I'm ready," and then he disappears <laughs> for twenty minutes, no communication. Facts. Now, yeah, now I make him wait. See, but hey, it's fine. It's fine. See, this is what. A Chelsea loss does to us. It just gets us fighting and bickering us. and stuff for sure. And also, I think I think if there's one thing that could unite us all, it's we can all agree with the message, fuck Matt Law. What, what's that guy's problem? <laughs> I don't understand what, what's his gripe with in, with Rudiger. I mean, this guy oh. posted, post. did you see the, the, the new story yeah. he posted today? Mm-hmm. A complete mm-hmm. non-story. Complete non-story. Like, they, they that you know, shit just a little blow all up. the time, bro. In, in every sport, like know, at yeah. every practice and every sport, pretty much, there's gonna be blow ups in practice. Like you know, especially after a loss like that. Like, and this is the second time he's had a he's had a non-story article that he wrote as you know the downfall of Chelsea Football Club. Like, I don't get yeah, it. This I, guy's a Chelsea correspondent and just writes com- all, all bad stuff about us. I'm not, I'm, I think like I'm not a dude. Fan. It, in every sport, every single time you hear about a report where there's some sort of bust up at a practice or training ground, whatever, behind the scenes, whatever it might be, it's always followed up by either the coach or the player getting involved saying, dude, this type of stuff always happens. Like, it, it, it's always a non-issue, like you said, Sam. So that's that's a thing that bothers me. I would be more bothered if... Rudiger threw in a late challenge on Keppa or whatever the situation was, and Keppa didn't get angry, or vice versa. Whoever threw in a late challenge, if that person didn't react, then I'd be like, okay, I'm a little worried because where the fuck is a competitive nature in this team? But you want you want people being competitive in training. I mean, we talk about it all the time how great of an advantage it is for the team. So it's like, why are you trying to build this narrative against? Rudiger, well, so much. I know. So it, much. It's specifically, Rudiger. It, I don't know why. It's so. it's funny because he he has this anti, sometimes this anti English narrative. But you know, I hate to to point this out, but Rudiger's skin tone isn't Matt Laws. So I'm I'm not saying he is, but I'm also saying he's not. Or I thought you were going in the direction that he's he's changed his bias to an anti German bias. Yeah. But mm. I, just... No, it's a xenophobic thing for me. I'm sorry. I'm gonna call it like I see it. Wow. That's really? Cool. I don't know. I don't know if that's actually the case. I mean, shit. Like we've had a lot of a lot of black players coming through and also playing uh, for us right now, and you don't see this kind of like <laughs> targeting from Matt Law. I, I don't. I know. just think it's it, it's one of those things when things go bad, your true colors show. And well, I think Matt Law Rudiger is now the target of the last two <laughs> slanders pieces. 
I don't know. I just I just feel like it's lazy journalism at its finest, man. It's, yeah, that's it, probably more likely. It's to the point why, where why not say that Kepa started a fight? Why say it was Rudiger? Like why why mention Rudiger so many times? And, and and the whole point is is like you you know the headline is it, it it if you read it at face value it sounds terrible but you click on it and you're reading through the article and you're like well, Rudiger went up to him and apologized before he left so like they're all good I don't understand why this is an issue it it it, it kind of I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here guys because I know we're gonna talk about Pulisic but that but at halftime they did talk about the Pulisic injury also as being like an issue behind closed doors, you know, where there's Tuchel and the staff are frustrated with Pulisic and vice versa. It's like, no, homie just tweaked his hamstring. He's been having fucking injury problems all season. <laughs> I, I don't understand where all of these like narratives are coming from. Is it, is it well, because we went 14 games unbeaten exactly. and there was nothing yeah, because we haven't lost? Well, yeah. that and we have, well, this is the f- first loss under Tuchel. They haven't had an opportunity to talk shit about us because we've looked so great. Now yeah. that now that we've lost our first match under him, especially the way that we did, especially against the team that we did, it's 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 gonna come out, and it should be expected. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't be surprised by that. But um, let's get into the match. If I mean, if we really have to, let's go through the starting eleven. So back into the three four three, or kind of a three four two one, whatever you want to call it. Um, Mendy in goal, Dave Zuma and Thiago Silva. And no, sorry, it wasn't it wasn't Zuma, was it? Yeah, it was Zuma. Yeah, it was Zuma. in the back line. Uh, Kovacic and Jorginho, otherwise known as Jovicic, as the uh, as the double pivot. Then we got the fullbacks: Marcos Alonso, Reese James, and our front three of Pulisic, Werner, and Hakim Ziyech. So uh, Let's start off with the initial thoughts of the starting eleven. Andreas, what were you thinking when you saw the team sheet? Honestly, I was satisfied. I didn't really flinch or anything. I was just like, okay, yeah, this looks good to me. I zero gripes with it. I was shocked. Especially when it started. Especially the team we're playing. Right? Like yeah. especially the team we're playing. Like, you know, we're not worried that there's no Andreas Christensen out there. Like it's no, no. it seemed like the right selection it, it did seem like the right selection I, I i don't understand the whole tuchel didn't pick the right team from the beginning narrative that went around after this game i saw a couple tweets about it and i'm like oh my god it, we're, we're really like pulling teeth here but no the lineup is as strong as it gets right? without conte obviously because he's injured and then you know rudiger was left out kai havertz as well they did play a lot of minutes during the international break so a, a couple guys getting rotated in like ben chilwell stepping out alonzo coming in it made sense on paper um and 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 just for the record i I think if we have 11 players we we run away with this game eventually at some point but i'd like to think so hopefully well i mean that's that's probably a good starting point um the tiago silva red card um we got a twitter question from ron aka bone daddy cool aka bone daddy deluxe aka bone daddy supreme he says while we know Thiago Silva's red card was the beginning of the end, playing devil's advocate here, how much did the international break uh, end up, or <laughs> he said, how much does the international break to be blamed? The whole team looked out of sync way too much, in my opinion. Uh, and then I'll just add in, uh, add Black Emoji's question, aka Stefano, aka I don't know your real name. Uh, he says, there's no way that losing one player caused such a collapse. What went wrong? So 
I mean, without without going into the merits of whether that should have been a second yellow or not, uh, Zach, what did you think that I mean, you you said before that if we had eleven players, it's probably a different result. But I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, what what do you think that it was another that was just one reason, a part of you know a whole slew of contributing factors, or was that really the main thing that did us in the end? Well, from the, well from the beginning, the first ball that got kicked, we looked off pace. We didn't have any rhythm. Um, we were giving the ball away a lot more than we were used to, especially under Tuchel. Um, the cheap giveaways in midfield is especially what got me here. But you know, the Thiago Silva red card is obviously disappointing. A player of that caliber, full stop, should not be making a challenge right there. I don't understand the uh, the debate behind it not being a yellow. I think if you're looking at that tackle in isolation, it's still a yellow card. That's as straight of a yellow card as it gets. The guy leaves both feet and jumps towards the other player to make, you know, an attempt of a block. But, I mean, it it was just way too late. I I don't see any way how that's not a red. But I think the thing I'm disappointed most in is is, obviously the red card is is big, but the two goals conceded before halftime. I still felt that up 1-0 with 10 men um i looked at the scoreboard or or at the timer and we we have 60 minutes left in the game about an hour and i'm thinking okay we can do this if we shut up shop west brom is going to leave some spaces in behind because naturally they do have to come at us because they're down and and maybe we can nick them on the counter again and just kind of run away with this game It, it it felt very winnable and i think the disappointing part was the fact that we conceded two goals before halftime, which obviously just completely um, turned the tides of the game. And um, a, a different West Brom team came out in the second half because all of a sudden they're they're beaming with confidence, 2-1 up against 10 men. So I think that's a disappointing part. It's a con- – it, it, it's, it's a – it's a uh, – it's a coupling of both the red card and the reaction to the red card, you know, um, more specifically like right before the half. So. Overall, just 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 not a good situation for us. But Andres, I mean, what did you kind of take away from it? Was it more was it more the reaction, or was it more the actual red card itself that surprised you? Um, I mean, like you said, Thiago Silva should know better. He had an early yellow, and then to to lunge the way he did was just reckless. That I'm disappointed individually in him. Uh, you know, one thing that I I don't want to say that that's the reason we lost, but we we talk about how certain players are are part only good when they are kind of led by a leader and tiago silva steps out of the of the pitch and zuma immediately looked like a lost lost puppy and you know i hate to point a finger but the only other time we conceded was when zuma was leading that back line it, it's almost kind of how when Thiago Silva went down in the semifinals of the 2014 World Cup and David Luiz was in charge of the back line for Germany or for Brazil against Germany, and then Germany scored seven. So, was but but, but I mean we we were out of sync to begin with. So exa- no, I understand that again. Yeah. But but when you're already out of sync, and I felt the out of sync part was on the offensive side of things. Yeah. Like, building up the defense like you said at one nothing it looked like they weren't going to score it just also looked like we weren't going to score so for me part of it is 
unfortunately, not the fact that we went down to 10 men, but it was who was the 11th guy that got sent off the pitch, and that was Tiago Silva. I thought that was an issue. Obviously, you you take out ZS, you bring in Christensen. I, it just felt like the the heads were gone. And and talking about international break, you're right. A lot of our players were gone. West Brom has zero call-ups in that squad. They get to rest up. They get to train. They get to prepare a whole week for extra, a whole two weeks, excuse me, for Chelsea. But even that I can't use an ex- as an excuse because they had two injuries in the game and had to use two subs for one position, and they still looked far better than we did. And, and, and that's the disappointing part. It's it's just how funny, how quickly the mentality of these players goes from we are unbeatable to we're shit and we it, can't get out of this hole. Because that's, that's it. Like we've talked yeah. about this before. When things are great with the squad, things are very good. But the moment something wrong happens, it's game over. It's the same issue Frank had, honestly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the same exact it's issues. The same it's, issue it's Conte of... had. It's the same mm-hmm. exact issue Sari had. You go, you go on this big win streak, yeah. and then one mistake happens, and, and then shit hits the fan. Like midweek is going to be a huge test for these guys because the mentality of this squad is is not good. When 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 facing adversity, it is not good. And, and something Tuchel did point out. Um, going into uh, or after the match was he also said, you know, I made a mistake in this in, in telling the players that I wasn't necessarily expecting the best out of them today, but but we needed to get a result. And he talked about putting the team out there that had the most rest, that finished a training session the day before, mentioned how it was a really solid training session in his opinion, but he kept referring to the fact that he said he wasn't expecting the team to be firing on all cylinders, to basically summarize. Um, is that is that a mistake? Could we go ahead and criticize him finally for something? In <laughs> maybe the mentality going into this match and saying, yeah. "Hey, you know, we we know you're coming back off an international break. Go out there, do your thing, whatever it takes, get the result." As opposed to the more hard ass manager that would go out there and be like, "Listen, we're back now. We're in a fucking top four race. We can't lose this game." Yeah, I think I, I think it's I think so yeah. because. Tuchel has been in Ligue 1 and Bundesliga recently where you can have an off day and still put somebody away easily. And that's not the reality when you're in the Premier League. Yeah, right? We were all pending tomorrow, two points ahead of West, Bro- uh, West Ham. Luckily for us, Tottenham choked and they only earned one point in their match. But they were in the driver's seat to, to jump into fourth place because Harry Kane scored twice early on. So we lost the driver's seat today. Like we yeah. lost the driver's seat of top four. And, and that is a huge, huge hit into, into what Thomas Tuchel has tried to do here. Because, yeah, we were undefeated for 14 matches. And people aren't going to care of the fact that Frank Lampard left us in ninth place or whatever place it was on the table. Because that was like 15 games ago. They've been... Everyone's been saying, oh, we're all in the top four. We should get top four. Forgetting of the fact that we climbed a, a, a steep mountain to get there. Yeah. So the journalists got what they wanted. The new foreign coach is now in trouble of getting top four. They forgot that who was in front of him and who put him in that shitty situation. But, yeah, it sucks. It sucks that we decided to, to come out half asleep 
in a game that should have been an easy three points had the mentality been the correct one. And, you know, the the tough thing about the loss is we there's a West Ham game tomorrow. Uh, who are they playing? Or when, Wolves. When the, Wolves. Wolves, yeah. Well, yeah. when the episode comes out, the match will be today. And if they win, they pass us. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's not one of the teams that I was too worried about coming into the season, obviously, or even, you know, a couple weeks ago, I wasn't really scared of them. But now it looks like they're probably going to pass us. I don't know, depending on the outcome and of tomorrow's we, that match. That means now we have to beat them mm-hmm. when we play them in a couple weeks. Yeah, so... Or is that overall, actually, I think, might be the next game. It makes that match yeah. way more important than it already was. I mean, we already kind of touched on it, I think it was last week or the week before, how big that match could potentially be. And Andres, yeah. you even touched upon it when you were on... um, uh, What is it? Premier League what? Today. Yeah, yeah. How do you like that? that? New, I, remember, that was I a, even remember what you said. That was a new... <laughs> that was wait, Was that a second appearance that I missed? That is now my appearance? third appearance. I, I saw Third the first total second Fourth in two total. weeks, huh? Or Oh my goodness. Are wow. you a celebrity now? Like, I don't know. I feel <laughs> I'm like not, I'm, until they start, uh, until they offer me a salary, I'm not going to call myself a celebrity right <laughs> now. They're just using, they're just sucking out my, my football intelligence for free. Wait, you're telling me they're not paying you for that? Not That's yet. Ridiculous. Man, no, oh. I know. Right, let, let me, let me talk to the uh, NBC producers and see what I can do for you. <laughs> Um, but let, let's talk a little bit about that, uh, double pivot Jovicic, uh, cause this season they've looked really, I mean, under Tuchel, they've looked really good. Um, maybe our best midfield pairing, uh, is under Tuchel. They struggled a bit. Uh, we'll start off with Jorginho. Uh, just some quick thoughts. I mean, some quick, uh, stats. He was dribbled past three times in total. One of five ground duels won. And, hey, look, I got a special request uh, from uh, Dylan at Astro Worlds, uh, formerly Dylan CFC. Uh, he went heavy into the Houston Rockets fandom and changed his uh, his <laughs> Instagram, what's, I mean, sorry, Twitter handle to Astro Worlds. But he says, Psalm's thoughts on that Jorginho performance. Wow, what an honor. I asked him, well, why me specifically? And he said, because we tend to agree on things. But, I mean, I've I've definitely switched my my tune on Jorginho under Tuchel. Because he's looked really, really good. Uh, the intensity on defense was, was, you know, off the wall. And... Yeah, and yesterday or whenever the match was, it just it just didn't look the same. The intensity was not there. Um, probably, I mean, he 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 had a couple starts for Italy during the international break. Is that is that correct? Am I? I think he was left out of the the second match, if I'm not mistaken. Do you know Andres? I'm not too sure. Well, either way, he he made some appearances. So yeah, uh, I don't know if that's something to contribute to it, but mm-hmm. it. It just it didn't resemble Jorginho under Tuchel so far, and this was probably his worst performance under Tuchel. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I think that's that does that about uh, wrap it up, Andres. Is there anything else you want to add about Jorginho? No, but I'd I'd like to step in for the next part. <laughs> oh, well, 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 let me chime in on the whole Jorginho All thing right. really quick. 
I do want to say I think um, the lesson learned here is uh, without the work rate of three players in front of Jorginho and Jovacic, or and Kovacic, excuse me, um, I don't think that double pivot works. Um, whether that be Mason Mount or any combination of the other two attacking tens, but they did not look protected whatsoever when we went down to ten men. And I think a big reason for that is uh, the defensive role that the attacking tens do have to have to take under their wing uh, in the system. So, yeah, I, I I just thought he was really isolated in this game, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go ahead and shit on him and say he's crap and uh, reverse my opinion of him under Tuchel because Sam said he has been great. Um, but yeah, it is it it is a struggle. I think Tuchel should look at it and maybe realize, hey. Uh, having Jorginho and even Alonso playing on the same side of that midfield might not be the greatest idea in terms of teams yeah. counterattacking us because that's something that they exploited a big time against us. Uh, it, it, it looked like a clear direction. Whenever one of their players got 1v1 with Jorginho, they would take him on as opposed to just kind of passing it off and keeping the play moving. So, yeah, that, that's a concern moving forward. All right, now let's talk about Kovacic, and we have the leader of the Kova crew here to defend him with uh, all of his might. And this, this is another question from Dylan. He asked, personally thought Kovacic was awful today, but I'm not seeing much talk about it. Thoughts on his performance? I, I just wanted to add something else uh, just for you, Andreas. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to put Dylan on blast, even though he, he tweeted this, so it's not like he's trying to hide it, but... <laughs> He retweeted uh, someone tweeting out uh, Kovacic's stats versus West Brom. I'll read the I'll read the stats too. 107 touches, five out of nine long balls, four out of four dribbles completed, two key passes, five tackles, ten out of five. Uh, sorry, ten out of fifteen ground duels won. Uh, blah blah blah. Two shots. Uh, and Dylan retweeted it and said. Swap him out for any midfielder in the world, and you wouldn't even notice. He doesn't affect the game at all. These stats are useless. Oh, wow. Some harsh words from Dylan. Andreas, <laughs> well, which side are you are you leaning on? I'm not defending Kovacic in this match at all. Mm, okay. Ahead, you can give me those stats, but the fact that I saw Kovacic walking a lot when he wasn't on the ball was disgusting. Like, you're down a man for most of this match. There should be absolutely no player on the pitch walking. And that, to me, just didn't sit well. Uh, and the other thing, you know, talking about the double pivot in general, I watched part of the Man United game today. And I'm going to probably butcher how they lined up. Let me just make sure I got this right. So, yeah, 4 2 three, one. Pogba's playing in the double pivot. Even Fred. Those guys have their eyes down the field at all times. And and yes, they may not complete 95% of their passes like Jorginho and Kovacic do. But at least they're looking for a dangerous pass at all times. And when you play these relegation sides or fighting relegation sides that are going to play a back five or, or a double four back line or sometimes five and four, you need to be looking for the one time that they're not set up. And I'm. This is why I don't like these two, as the the main ball handlers against these low level sides. Because the other team is not playing Chelsea to beat them. They're not. 
the fact that that West Brom beat us again, the two goals Zach mentioned going into halftime, they were both idiotic mistakes that should have never happened. And then at that point, it was game over. But at one zero, and even zero zero, they weren't trying to do a damn thing. And you need to kill these people off before they even get a glimpse of hope. And Jorginho and Kovacic do not have their eyes up downfield. They simply don't. They play balls to feet or they do an easy switch because they realize that they've been on the left side of the field for five or six passes. So now their inner clock is telling them, you know what, they're probably there's going to be an easy switch to the other side. But there is just not enough forward. I'm not asking them to go vertical 100%, but it's getting to the point where these guys just simply don't do anything in the final third. And again, these guys are the, the, these guys as in West Brom, they're fine hanging out around their box because they know that Jorginho and Kovacic have zero zero uh, intention to look for that through ball that might be between two or three players. Not this even isn't... the through ball. They can't even get the shot on target, man. I mean, it, it, it's I, – I always bring it up, and I mentioned Sam. Sorry to cut you off, Andres, but like You're good. Ro- Ross Barkley, like we need that type of midfield player. Yes. That's, that can come in and just smack the ball from 30 yards out if he has the room and, and time and space to do so. So let me pose this. Yes, Ross Barkley, mm-hmm. yes. Is that what your question was? <laughs> no, Mason Mount at the double pivot. There's a guy there that has that ability and that threat to hurt teams from a distance with with his with his shooting and also has that ability to look up and pick out those passes. Yeah, he's not the greatest at it, but at least he at least he attempts those balls. And I think that's a frustration Zach, you know, with Kovacic and Jorginho. You know that me and Andres are on team uh, team uh, mountain Mount, pivot. No, no, no. no. I, I know you are. I know you are. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm, I'm being yeah, a little. Yeah, it's too cool. Yeah, I'm being a little sarcastic because like it's out of all of the out, out of all the players that are playing in different positions and shining and flourishing under Tuchel, Mason Mount has probably played the most positions and has been the best. So why not give him the start at that position? Yeah. Um, at least while Conte's out because without Conte, we really don't have a workhorse in there. Kovacic, I'm gonna give him credit for one thing in this game, and Andres, I'm gonna disagree with you here. I think you're nitpicking on him with the walking i think he was one of the only players that was actually trying uh actively trying for most of the match now like when we had the ball maybe yeah when we had the ball for sure i mean the, some of the giveaways were terrible i mean giving the ball away in the middle of the field like that's i, I don't i've never seen kovacic and Jorginho do that before but boy oh boy i mean we we got to figure this out because i i said it earlier if we don't have mount playing in front of them and and being that protective uh you know battery pack i guess you can say just kind of clogging up space and and, and being a pest we can't have them playing in a double pivot i mean even against a team like west brom they can't be doing that because the second the game it it looks all fine and great when the game is nice and compact but the second the game opens up it just turns into a disaster there's no way those those two can defend uh counterattacks together The, the other thing i wanted to point out was just when you know our our guys that can play that outside 10 or whatever position, those guys are starting to play better. So you don't even need to play Mount there just because he's the only one in form. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'd be all for a Conte Mount double pivot, to Ooh. be completely honest, because even if Mount decides to drift forward, Conte can clean house behind him. Like, you don't have the, the, 
they protect each other. Period. They you don't you wouldn't need a front three that's ruthless or even a back three. But again, we we know that Tuchel is going with this back three system. He's gonna ride it out till the end of the season. Yeah, most likely. So I'm I'll see. I'm hoping that we'll see Mountain midfield come next season on a week to week basis. Definitely not against Porto. We're seeing we're seeing Kovacic and Jorginho for sure. I don't want anyone to get it twisted. I mean, so so what you're saying, Zach, is that you don't like this double pivot against like a lower side. I don't like this double pivot if the match is going to be open at all. And, and and like I know it wasn't designed to be that way against West Brom, but the second we went one nil down, the first thought going through my head is, okay, we got to get Jorginho some protection in the midfield. Either take him off. Or add an extra body in there, and uh, and we didn't do that right away. And I think that's what West Brom exploited completely. Um, we never anytime... went down one nil. We were up one nil. Or, 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 or not two down one, one nil. Uh, two, two, one. One, two one. My bad. My bad. Oh, yeah. But going into but, half. But, I mean, yeah. We already, once we went we down, already down to five men at that point. I mean, no, sorry, I ten know. men. I know, but it was being exploited like every single time a West Brom player had the ball within the vicinity of Jorginho. The option wasn't to pass and release. The option was to just skip past him and then see what happens next. And the whole field opens up when he does that. And, you know, we have Kovacic busting his ass. He's not tracking back as well as he normally does. And then, you know, Jorginho gets caught up high up the pitch. And now he's on the left-hand side, the same side where Marcus Alonso is playing. And Alonso's off in no man's land in the final third. You know, it, it's just the balance of the team. Uh, gets a little thrown off when when the game opens up when Jorginho's in there. That's all. And I think maybe if you do have Jorginho in a game like this, it might suit you better to play a guy like Chilwell or somebody that's a little more defensive minded that has that know how to track back. But I mean, I, I'm kind of nitpicking here. I just think the, the issue was obvious. He he was getting skipped past like nothing. Yeah, he, he standing, I, it looked like he was standing still. I can agree with that, but at the same time, in the open games, we've seen Jorginho and Kovacic be the reason we kept control against someone like Atletico Madrid. So, yeah, again, that I think it's more about the fact that we had ten men on the field, and like you said, we didn't have a front three that was ruthlessly pressing. Like, it sucks to say this, but unfortunately for Chelsea right now, because of the parts and and how we're playing, like you need the full eleven. Like getting a red card, like. Going back to what we said earlier, like we shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. But unfortunately, like right now, we're a team that has one plan defensively, and that's the counter pressing. And, and that's it. Like right now, in the current setup, we can't do something different. And, and without the counter pressing, you're right. This double pivot gets extremely exposed and it's, it's easy to scapegoat the red card. But I think you would hit the nail on the head. Those midfielders, there's a lot more there's a lot less of them winning the ball easily because without a front three pressing the other team can build out of the back get in front of those in the midfield and like you said skip past them so yeah yeah i think you will probably see Jorginho Kovacic against Porto and i think they'll play much better than they did today because they'll have a full team but my thing was what about the adjustments that Tuchel did or didn't make i mean keeping Jorginho on obviously we know the plan at the at, at the half was to take T, uh was originally to take Timo off which i think was the right call one of the right calls i thought Timo and Jorginho should have been the two um yeah. the, the game needed Mason Mount 
and the game needed a goal scorer, like like a true attacking number nine. Whether that's Giroud, whether that's Kai Havertz, it just needed somebody different up there because whatever Timo was doing wasn't working. So but, you wanted to do all three subs by the 46th minute? It would because we already yeah. had the first sub. We're two one. We're two one down. I, I I'm not saying all three subs. I'm saying we needed that make. I, I think the more obvious one out of the two, like I said, Timo would have been a right call, but I think Jorginho was so much more obvious yeah. that, that that should have been the move. I mean, whether you slide Reese into uh, next to, to Kovacic, so you can allow Kovacic to maybe push forward a little bit and, and apply a little bit more pressure on them, or you bring in Mason Mount to play the double pivot, Billy Gilmore, I don't know. But that that should have been a situation that should have been resolved. Even, if, even though Mount did come in, he wasn't necessarily added as like a third player to that midfield Tuchel said he switched to sort of like a 4-4-1 almost so there wasn't three midfielders in the middle of the pitch to solve that problem regardless that problem was still there and I I think that that was a frustrating thing for me at least when, when I was watching it more than anything I at he first I thought Pulisic got put... taken off as a punishment so I was yeah. feeling from that but um see for me for me the move should have been I get Jorginho, yes, was awful. But if you were going to switch to a back four, you take Alonzo out. Yeah. Aspie can play left back. Reese can play right back. And you can add a Mason Mount for Alonzo as a direct sub. And now Mason Mount is playing in midfield with Kovacic and Jorginho. Yeah. That would have been the sub for me. The whole time I was thinking Aspie left back, Reese right back. You solidify the defense and, and you hope for one moment of brilliance in the offense to rescue one point. I don't even think a, a system change was completely necessary, honestly. I thought if we stuck with the back three and the wing backs, we would have been in way better shape if we maybe had some more protection for Jorginho. I think a guy like Olivier Giroud would have been perfect for this game too. Something that's like really helter-skelter. He would have been ideal. Hold on to the ball, bring his guys into play. Because Timo, Timo was just very frustrating in this game like as a whole. I, I I know he puts in a shift and I know he's a trier, but at some point, man, we gotta get that production. Otherwise, we need to start looking at these other guys. Like a few weeks ago, you guys gave me shit about the whole team Tammy thing. When Tammy gets healthy, he needs a chance. None of these guys are scoring goals for us. If we're not gonna be playing Giroud, Tammy has to get in. Otherwise, Timo needs to start scoring. It, plain and simple, because. Giving him chance after chance after chance after chance every single week, it's getting to the point where Andres, you mentioned it. These other guys are starting to produce. Ziyech yeah. is coming in. He's scoring goals. Pulisic got a goal today. Yeah, he did get injured, but his play is getting so, a little bit better. Why, why don't we just go ahead and bring in Prashant's yeah. question? Yeah. Oh, uh, you want to go straight to that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we got a question from Prash, aka Prashant, aka. I don't even like his nickname anymore. I'm just going to cut out the nickname, <laughs> The Rash, because that's that's just not a good nickname anymore. I I apologize. I'm usually really good with them. Better. I'm usually really yeah. good with nicknames, so see if I, I, I'm i also very self-aware, so if I see a nickname that's bad, I'm, I'll cut it, you know. Uh, so he asked, can we go back to Giroud or Tammy for the last few games? Werner is absolutely horrendous and is playing like he's coming off an injury. Even after going down to 10, I thought our newfound mental toughness would make us hold hold on, but the way we cap- capitulated is really worrying. Thoughts? Uh, Zach, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit. You want to just 
go a little bit more I in mean, depth. I kind of, I mean, I did kind of say my piece, but I mean, if you look at the numbers, I don't have them in front of me. Tammy Abraham's starts to goals ratio is much, much better than Timo's is. Olivier Giroud is much of the same. I don't really need to vouch for Giroud because he scores every time he plays. And then Tammy, again, yeah, the performances haven't been there and there's been some frustration. I don't know if it's issues with Tuchel, whatever it might be. But but the fact of the matter is the guy scores goals and he's a better goal scorer than Timo Werner is right now. So if we're going to be running a system where we have a number nine, that number nine needs to be scoring goals and Tuchel just needs to play the guys that are going to be doing that. And as of right now, Timo's not doing it. I just think we need to bench Timo. I don't care who's up front. I just don't want to see Timo start in a few games. Like, enough is enough. Like, the guy is not getting himself informed. The The Mason Mount second goal, yes, he got the assist, but that tells you everything you need to know about this guy's headspace right now, and it's just not there. He is a foot outside of the six-yard box, and he doesn't shoot the ball as a striker. He squares it to a Mason Mount that has to toe-poke it in because he was nowhere near the box anyway. To, to be taking that shot. I don't even think he expected that pass. So I don't care if it's Tammy. I don't care if it's Giroud. I don't care if it's Havertz, but one of them should be starting ahead of Timo for a couple games. Timo mm-hmm. is not performing right now. Do not start Timo Werner as the 10, as a nine, just enough. Like he's not performing. You can't, you can't keep forcing the subject. Like it's going to make things worse at this point. Like it's not working period. So you bring him off the bench and you put the pressure on him to perform off the bench because Why? this is fuck this is fucking Chelsea Football Club oh, and the okay. expectation I you were that's is a negative thing. No, 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 no. Like this is me just kind of venting out a little bit of my frustration honestly because the expectation is we go out and spend 40 plus million on your ass. You better get out there and you better start scoring and assisting. I we've defended him long enough, guys. You know, uh, and I'm not at the point where I'm turning on him. I never turn on Chelsea players. I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to support him as long as he's wearing our kit. But enough is enough. I'm tired of the special treatment. The performances haven't been there. When the performance are, performances aren't there for Pulisic, he gets benched. When they're not there for Tammy, he gets benched. When they're not there for any of these other guys, they get benched. But for some reason, when it comes down to Timo, he keeps getting the start game after game, week after week. I know Tuchel came in and part of his job is to get the best out of the new signings. But guess what? He hasn't gotten that yet out of Timo. We're seeing a little bit out of Kai. Maybe that takes time. Maybe you got to take a different approach to it completely. Because once this team has trust in the front line to start scoring goals, I feel like the rest of the pieces are going to just kind of sort of fall in place. And that's usually what happens with these teams. But again, it's, it's, it's just that inconsistency up front, which I feel like kind of fucks us at times. And in this situation, the longer we keep playing Timo, the more we're going to keep digging ourselves these holes as the matches go on. Because the guy just – the guy isn't going to sc- – at this point, I, I don't think he's going to score. I really don't. So Here's Zach. Like the one thing you said was about, you know, how if, if Pulisic plays poorly, he sits. If Tammy plays poorly, he sits. But Timo's been contributing in other ways other than goal scoring. So that's, I think, the the difference between him – continuing to get starts as opposed to the other guys because when they're when they've been playing and they played poorly they weren't contributing to the match at all at least timo Werner is getting some assists at least he's you know yeah. putting pressure on the back line um and you know it's 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 not i don't i just don't think it's such a clear-cut comparison between 
you know, his poor performances where, you know, the only thing missing is, is him getting a couple goals and, you know. Don't play him as a nine. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the thing. It, it's crazy. Be the focal point. We've You're come a long way. Be the focal exactly. Point. Yeah. You, you can't play him and expect him to be the, the guy. You can't. But yeah. if you if you ask him to be a wingman, like like if you play Kai and ask Kai Havertz to do that, I feel like he can fill those shoes. Much it's so much funny how far him. we've come, like from the beginning of the season, just how much we hated seeing Timo Werner on the wing, and now it seems like that's that's where he should be playing. And anywhere at else, least, it just doesn't seem like right. wide, back wide, like form, man. Yeah. I, to to be fair, like we can look up heat maps. Like he's still more central. It's just a matter sure. of, uh, you know, he's not. You know, under under Lampard, he was receiving the ball on the sideline to his feet, and that's just not what we want him doing. Like you said, he needs to be pressuring people. He needs to make him runs in behind, even if it's as a decoy. But unfortunately, right now, like Timo Werner is not going to be the guy that wins you games with his goal scoring. So, so as Prashant was saying, yeah, we need to get Giroud or Tammy or, like I said, maybe even Havertz. But Tammy needs to come back healthy. He's still our leading goal scorer. I think now Mason Mount tied with him after this weekend so yeah we're, we're lacking goals like it may not look pretty all the time but if the guy's gonna score goals he has to play and and like zach said unfortunately we never have consistency up front but just don't play timo at the nine he just does not score when he plays at the nine all right uh any final thoughts on this absolute shit show of a match that i don't ever want to talk about again <laughs> Yeah, let's what just else? completely. Yeah, but I think I think it was well within our reach to win this match, and if we weren't so so poor at finishing our chances, it would have been a completely different match. And you know that wasn't an issue just for today. It was. It's been an issue this whole season. So it's just unfortunate. You know the match where we finally put more than one goal away under Tuchel. You know, we, we've scored two goals under Tuchel. Uh, nice. I like that little nice. pun right there. Very, um, very, very well done. I didn't, even, <laughs> I didn't even intend that. Honestly, just I just heard it. But, you know, it's the same match that we allow. We, we concede five. Bad timing. <laughs> but yeah. let's look ahead. Yeah, ba- speaking of bad timing, this match could not have come at a worse time in our schedule because you know we're 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 playing against Porto on Wednesday so the this you know the blow-ups in practice however you want to make it the poor match it's just leading to a bad headspace and mindset going into this match um so first leg uh at Porto we said this last time uh Conte and Pulisic we're, we'll probably be both out with an injury. Um, in the next week, Porto has uh, a league match on the 10th, three days after uh, the first leg. And then uh, the second leg is three days after that. So Chelsea have the same schedule as well. So there's no advantage or benefit for either team as far as scheduling. When was the last game that Porto played? I'll just look that up right now. They played on. They played yesterday as well, so it's going to be the same exact uh, schedule as far as time off uh, before leading into the match and going into the next match. So, 
let's let let's let's start off with you, Andreas. What what do you expect to see from Tuchel's side? The usual thing we had seen in the previous fourteen games. <laughs> I mean, they have to respond. They they know what just happened this weekend. I expect a lot of heart in this week's game. Like I expect a lot of hard work. I expect Rudiger and Christensen. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if Thiago Silva comes back in right away because he can't play in the Premier League. So probably we'll see that. But I expect to see a lot of energy in the first 15 minutes. I don't know if it'll translate to goals, but clean sheet, good possession. I mean, I I expect business as usual. Yeah, I think I think I I disagree with you, Sam. I think this game comes at a good time. Um, it's the perfect situation for these guys to one wake the fuck up and two uh, make a statement. You know, coming off of a bad loss like this against a team like Porto, that's gonna give us some opportunities. I think it presents us the uh, the perfect chance to kind of not only make our statement um, that you know, hey, that last match against West Brom was a one off but to possibly put the whole tie to bed in the first leg. I think the opportunity is there for us. Um, granted, we haven't scored too many goals. If we can get a 2-0 clean sheet, I don't think Porto has enough to to come back and, 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 and overtake us uh, in the second leg. So hopefully that'll be enough for us. Like I feel really good about this going in. I know Porto's league game that they play on the 10th um, is going to be a competitive one. They're, they're second, I think, if I'm not mistaken, in their table. So um, they still have a lot to play for. It's not like, it's not going to be like they're going to play a, a heavily rotated side. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I do feel good about this. Tuchel said that he's not going to be looking at the West Brom match as a potential uh, – or he's not going to be looking at the West Brom match and, and using it to influence his squad selection for this match. He said that the West Brom match squad selection was purely based on you know the players – availability and travel schedules and whatnot so here is going to be the strongest team um and it's going to be a really really good opportunity for these guys to kind of say hey last week was a fucking one-off we're here we're back and uh, we're gonna get things back on track so i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna put my i'm gonna throw my hat in the ring guys i'm going two nil chelsea um, sounds good to me zach a two nil against these guys like i said i think i, I think, think that'll be enough to put the tie away or to put the yeah the tie whatever. <laughs> uh, Andreas, you go first. <laughs> One nil. Uh, see. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I was gonna say I refused to think we can score more than that until we do. Right. I mean, we did. We did yesterday. We scored two goals. Um, yeah, that's true. Under ten men. Um, Olivier Giroud, baby. Champions League, Olivier Giroud. Man of the match. Olivier Giroud in any European competition. Right. <laughs> Even the Euros. <laughs> the Euros? Hell, the World Cup. Anything. Actually, geez, he's He didn't underrated. score in the World Cup. Do not use that as an example. No. No, he, he didn't. What was he? Cup. He had like, I think he had like, he had double digit shots on target and didn't score in the World Cup, I think. But, but he was, he also got double digits ratings uh, on my 1 to 10 meter of how beautiful he is. Because he's, because he's, because yeah. he's a 10. He's a dime. So, I mean, Sam, you're going 2-0 also? 
I never said that, Zach. Don't put words in I mean, my mouth. You you said you liked it when I when I said two nil. So I'm just I, I, I said I liked it because it would be a great result for us. I don't know if I like it as far as what I would predict, but oh, it's it it really do, it it might depend honestly on what back line we choose. I don't know who we, who we're gonna select. The like you said, the suspension with Tiago makes it a little iffy. Did did Rudiger's blow up in practice cause him to lose him his spot? Obviously, I'm kidding about that. The, uh, the whole but, dressing room is in shambles right yeah, now. Everybody. Yeah, I I think there's no way we win this match just because of how broken we are right now. Um, yeah. Tuchel's probably on his way out he's on his last leg. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I, fuck it. I'm I'm just gonna go two nil, Zach. There we go. I'm there we go. It. I have confidence. We I, I saw us put two away last week or yesterday. I can see Porto. <laughs> you think Pepe is gonna have another masterclass? Some, it's of a not match? just Porto. It's Porto with no Persians. Yeah, yeah. At least for the first leg. In the for second, the first leg. That's why we need the two nil victory is <laughs> crucial. We need that extra the extra away goal. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully we get it. Um, I feel good about this game, guys. I don't know about you. I'm probably going to wind up watching it in Spanish because I don't have CBS All Access. Um, but hopefully uh, we get the results that we're asking for. So it does bring us to the end of this week's podcast. Guys, we got through it. We never have to mention that that West Brom game again. Um, and from here on out, we can just kind of look forward to the rest of the season. So um, if you're not already following us uh, on Twitter, at uh, Romans Empire Pod, we're also available via email, RomansEmpirePod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram as well, at Romans Empire Pod. Same handle as our Twitter. Until next week, keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>